to Femme Corporate. This is Julia in the Family Department, B in the Private Client Department, Anna in the Private Department, and Design in the Mental Health Department. Sure. Funniest email response today, yeah. It is cool. What so imagine they? I've emailed this care home, mm-hmm. right? And I'm trying to arrange an appointment for um us to speak with our client who's um residing in the care home. I've spoken to these people on the phone, they're like, Yeah, that's fine. And I, I was arranging it for my supervisor, right? So my supervisor calls on the day that we've arranged it for, and they're like, We've never heard of this appointment. I don't really know what you're talking about. So he's like, cool, that's fine. I'll send you the I'll send you the court order. I'll send you everything. I'll send you everything that shows you who we are. That's mm-hmm. fine. Cool. So we've arranged again. Can we have it on Friday? I haven't received a response. Guys, on Friday, the person responds. Hi, Danielle. The dates you've provided are in the past. Thank you. Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what kind of response what? is that? What do you oh, mean the dates are in the past? They're in the past because you failed to respond on time. Why can't and you, you want to respond wrong? The worst part the is that they didn't the even no? give you any sort of like, you know, solution. Do you want to give me future so dates, perhaps? Or should we reorganize it? Oh, now, how did you respond? You because, girl, I literally <laughs> just said like, there's actually no point saying, "Ah, oh, it's your fault." So I just said Monday. Is that all the right time for you? And she even responded late on Friday, like past closing. But it's because I was But it's like with that, that's what I was talking to be about how email etiquette is so hard. Like, because I wanted to respond, like, are you stupid? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, how are you oh. telling me it's in the past? <laughs> it's disrespectful. I would have been like, listen, bitch. First of all, <laughs> first of all, I'm gonna repeat myself again. <laughs> Whose fault like, is that? How do you guys deal with emails that are like so rude and you wanna like lash out but you have to be politically correct i can't lie sometimes i'm i'm passive aggressive in these emails you know i can't even lie yeah i feel like i love a good passive aggressive i do i do i do (laughs) you prepare my last email the first episode you're talking about standing (laughs) on the train (laughs) just call yourself passive aggressive it's okay because you know the ones where like people when people like bypass a whole letter or correspondence that you've written to them and then they think they can just ignore everything you said and just move on to the next topic. I'm not old in a second. Oh. Oh. Um, I write further to my correspondence stated so well, yeah. so, yeah. which I yeah. still await the courtesy of a reply to. <laughs> As Don't be I rude. previously stated. Okay. Do you know what I love in an email? A good CC. Yeah, your boss was, I love a good yeah. Yes, I don't think anyone talks about how hard it is though, just just to maintain professionalism when you literally just want to be as rude as possible. I I find it really hard. Mm. I'll be drafting an email for a good thirty minutes, and I'll probably have to call one of you lot to be like, "Am I being rude?" (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I think good ways to like kind of throw the shade when you're waiting for documents is not only saying further to my email below but state the date that it was you sent have on to as well. it's a must <laughs> mm. 
Mm. I'll be like dated the 17th of April. As, as you will now know, two weeks have elapsed since the last yeah. time. Yeah. 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 So you really have to do point mm-hmm. evidence explain to show them why it's so stupid that you haven't replied. Yeah. My favourite is, I'm sure you will be aware. <laughs> yep. I'm sure That's you are aware. You must be. And then you just gotta end it with regards, take away the kind, just regards. Yeah, ain't That's nothing it. kind about this. Ain't nothing kind about <laughs> you well cruds. <laughs> no, it's actually so bad. But I feel like it's even worse with clients when you're oh, asking for documents from them. Gosh. Because it's like I want you as a client, but you can't behave like this. Oh, as in you're actually feel like it's cheeky when they try to they try to put pressure on you when they're actually ready, like they're ready to do what you've asked them to do. Listen, and it's like, okay, I've sent it now. Can yeah. can you can you get back to me yesterday? ASAP. No. Yeah. And I'm like, this is actually your case, you know. So like if you want to F up, <laughs> your wish is my command. Like, send me what I need so I can do what my job you're paying me for. Do you know what I mean? And then they'll send it, wanna, bear in the mind yeah. they're late, and then they'll be like, Oh, what's going on? You sent it two minutes ago, sis. Calm down. Yeah, sorry, we don't work like that. Right? I'm actually not a pet. You know one literally. thing about email is that like I can't wait to get to the level of like partner where they just literally say what they want to say in the email, one line or don't even sign it off and it's mm. accepted and it's fine because yeah. like, you're the boss to get it. No one can do that. There's no opening line even. No opening line. Your email, my <laughs> you send it back. <laughs> so, one day, man. Program. Yeah, one day. Amen. What's Amen. the date today? We'll look back at this podcast. 14th of June. Listen, do you remember when we wanted to do this? <laughs> now we're doing do this fast. Um, <laughs> I wanted to even speak to you guys about something that I've been seeing lately. Then if you guys have heard of um, a Mike Suffer? Oh, I've been hearing oh, about that girl. <laughs> girl, mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know, Mike and her little family. Um, they adopted um, a young Chinese boy when he was what well, I think he was one, one years old. Two, two. Oh, he was two, um, and they adopted mm. him. Do you know what country he was from? Because I think he was Chinese. Yeah, I think it was China. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. So um, as they adopted him, they were aware that he had um, special needs, but they claimed that they didn't know the extent of his special needs. So they've adopted him. They've added him to their YouTube family. Mm. Um, they've sort of vlogged his whole journey. Mm-hmm. And then the people, whole adoption process, everything, as well. literally. <laughs> and then um, people started noticing that he wasn't actually in their most recent videos, and they've just mm-hmm. been, you know, ignoring it. And then they came with a whole, you know, like when YouTubers they really want your sympathy. They do the the um, mm. video. They wear like a plain t-shirt, no makeup, <laughs> like you know, the white t-shirt. Ready to start like, crying. Like, even done a head tie, like, and they they start crying, <laughs> and, so and they they were basically explaining that his um, disabilities were just a bit too much for them to handle. So they found him mm. a new forever home. Can forever guys... family. <sighs> a new forever family. What? How can you have more than one forever home? That's what I was about to say. Does that, does that make sense? I feel like it's crazy how you, you've you adopted this boy. You've now vlogged him as if he's some sort of prop. That was a money And move. then on top yeah. of that, when they realise that, you know, he's not being as beneficial to them anymore or it's too much, now go and throw him away to a, a different family. It was actually a money move. Do you guys want to throw away their dogs or pets? People. Alone. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I didn't know yet, but cool. So they weren't actually acting like they were going to tell anybody that he was gone. It's people that clocked from the videos, yeah. like, where's Huxley, where's no Huxley, where's way. Huxley? So they just kind of, like, and like deep, this, disappear. So, 
when they gave him away, they went on a trip to Bali. Ah. Wow. Can you imagine? Like... And it's probably all the money that they've <laughs> accumulated as a result of this little boy that they've used that money to go to Bali without him. Honestly, because you know, the thing about YouTube, not only like our um, companies that are sponsoring, you're going to see the type of content you're putting out there and like help um, bigger your brand, but mm-hmm. I'm sure there's so many people that have had an interest in mm-hmm. adoption or like wanting mm-hmm. to go down the same route that thought, oh, you know what, they've done it. Like, let me see their process. Mm-hmm. All those subscribers, that's money. It's so, so misleading. I can't believe it. And I'm so sure they vlogged the Bali holiday as well. And it's like, but you came and you were in your white top talking about you're so distraught. And I'm not saying you can't say, oh, this is so hard. Let me go on holiday and just get away from it. But like the nature of the holiday, the vlog, it's like you were... diametrically opposed, as in different. You came there to do crocodile tears. I feel like it's kind of mad that they've logged the beginning of his journey, especially knowing that he has special needs. And if exactly. you, if they're not aware that, well, I feel like it's kind of stupid. How can you not know that it, it's possibly going to get worse as he grows? Mm. I feel like that's be of... it's stupid. <laughs> it's just there's no, it it's is. stupid because they definitely said yeah, like when they were like Anna said they were talking about the adoption process and them vlogging mm. it, and they they said that they intentionally wanted someone that had special needs. That's right? the part that that's I don't get. That is what I don't get. No way. They that that was their intention, and then they were even vlogging at one point the adoption agency saying, um, I think they were getting like advice from because I think how it works is the US agency liaise with the Chinese agency and they do it like that. Mm. So it's not like, oh, I just go to China mm. and pick somebody. But um, yeah, so they were advising her, like, don't do it. And she was like, they want to stop me from doing this. Well, they fucking and I'm going to go When she's talking about, exactly, when you're talking about the extent, oh, I didn't know the extent, like, you were warned. Like, you, they told you, like, this may not be a wise move. Mm. So, and I'm not saying, like... Ugh, I understand that special needs it can become hard and every parent has a right to say like I can't but did they exhaust everything yeah did they try and get as much she's a nurse so when she's talking about how oh we just didn't feel like we had the specialty and it's like when you were in that adoption process and when you asked for a special needs child period Mm. I don't get it like and I think the crazy thing about it is yeah Obviously, they've taken him to a new family, but I even watched some video about a girl that was actually in a similar situation. So she was adopted from China, um, and she, oh my God, I yeah, she was bare crying in the car, innit? <laughs> but yeah, no. Oh, uh, do you know what? I, I didn't. Uh, know what I was but anyway, yeah, <laughs> like she was like um, saying how it feels like you you've been abandoned twice. Like your actual family have actually left twice. you, of and then oh, you're you've you've oh, had like an ounce or glimmer of just hope. And then it just drops mm-hmm. you back anywhere, anyhow. Like. And then deep, yeah, he's a part of this YouTube family. They're definitely telling him, oh, Huxley, like, look at all the people that love you. Now he's going to a different mm-hmm. family that maybe don't have a, a YouTube channel. Maybe they're just, like, a normal family. So mm-hmm. going yeah, back to all like, that love, yeah. Crazy. I feel like more regulations need to be imposed, especially when you're adopting a child so from oh, a different 100%. country. So the, I feel like they've it's too done, easy. Because so the mere fact that they, they've, like, taking him to a new home and there was no sort of accountability like where did you take him who's it like there's no formal paperwork that has been done to like facilitate this and apparently there's a there's an investigation because they don't actually know his whereabouts at the moment they're being Mm. mike and her family are being investigated i don't i honestly don't feel like she's done anything corrupt that she just dumped him elsewhere but i do Mm -hmm. feel sorry for the boy i feel like having special needs and being and going from home to home I feel like that's too much for a four-year-old the only time for two years 
I fell into a deep, dark hole of YouTube where there's just so many videos of people talking about the situation. And they were, I've never seen her as a YouTuber. I don't follow her or anything like that. But she was, they were saying basically like she would record his tantrums and like the way that she would respond to it seemed very like cold. Mm. Like, so he would be throwing his tantrum and she'll be like, Are you done? Are you finished? Like, oh, that even made like, me angry. Time, That's not even the worst bit. Sitting on the stairs and he was like, having a tantrum and he looks like he's signing for food and she's like what do you want what do you what? want it's like you're not like paying attention like you're recording like if your child has special needs yet, and i understand you can put him on youtube but when he starts to show signs of like extreme stress put the you camera down yeah. and she'll say something like, oh. he's not even old enough to consent to being on this YouTube that's what i was thinking anyway. when he's eating yeah they'll um he'll be staring at them and they're all looking at him Staring and I'm like, is this like why they treat him like an animal? I'm not even being funny. I actually, like animal, him. honestly. Like, he's like you specifically asked for a special <laughs> needs child. He can't communicate in the way that your other children will communicate. So why did they say the like reason that? as to why they they want a special needs? For cloud, that's it. They needed I, they needed a I money move, and that was the most you know thing that was going to bring them. peace. that's actually it. I feel it's like it's white savior complex as well because definitely. They went out they went their way to get a disabled child, a child with special needs. So they I wanted mean, to feel like, okay, yeah, like we're making children. a big difference. It, do you know what I mean? You went all the way to a third world country, someone that's a bit under um, underdeveloped. You wanted to take him into your household. You boosted your YouTube and then you tossed him to the side. That's what you're saying. What regulations do you guys think they need to impose in terms of adoption? I don't really know what the process is in the US per se. I know like somewhere like the UK, even like surrogate mothers, like you're not allowed to pay the surrogate. Like whereas in the US mm. you can, oh. you can like pay for surrogacy. So like, oh, carry my baby and I'll pay oh. you. But in the UK, that's not a thing. You're mm. not allowed to do that. So I feel like there, there is probably differences in terms of adoption here and there. But I think... Because the same girl that Judah's talking about, she did a sit-down video of her mother, and her mother was basically saying, like, they do a background check on you, so they probably knew she was a YouTuber already. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they, the babies, they put them in categories, so healthy babies, and then, like, semi-healthy, severe d- difficulties. And she, the girl that Judah's talking about was actually in the healthy baby list, mm-hmm. and she still had some mm-hmm. difficulties. Mm-hmm. Like, when they took her home, like, she would rock and go, Mm-mm. she wouldn't say mm-hmm. anything. But she was in the healthy baby category. So it's like, you have to do your research. Like You have to be so sure that this is something yeah. you're able yeah. to take on with all the consequences. Like Beatrice said, it could go completely left, but I'm mm. still going to do it. Mm. If you ain't got the resilience for that, why are you, why are you doing it? And that only comes when and your motives like... are clear, though. And I don't think they had clear motives. Mm. And I think I read something as well. Like In Russia, this was happening with American um, you know, families. They said nobody from America come and adopt our kids. Sit there, JJ. No oh. Okay, what this? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, don't know if they in. do like regular home updates, like home visits. I know that um, social mm, services do things like that, but I feel like with adoption, once you've adopted the child, it's yours. It's yours. And I feel like that's maybe something that they need to impose because a background check, you're only going to find out so much. But then with that, yeah, mm-hmm. there's the risk of, if, you know, it, it, you do that it's yours thing, and then they actually do pose a safeguarding concern, what if they come and kill that child now? Mm. Shoot, but then, I guess for the Chinese uh, body, they're just like, well, it's in the US jurisdiction, so 
that's a dem problem you they, lot, once you, you sign the papers <laughs> yeah so you yeah. go do the investigation but yeah i don't know man <laughs> but this is like what we were talking about last week when we were um what were we talking about i can't remember when we were talking about but we were talking about how um we got into law mm. and it's, it's stuff like this seeing issues like, like this yeah and seeing how how it can stress us out like you can tell by the way you're talking about it like, yeah you just need to help people um but the that's why it's so important to have people in the legal field yes. 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 thank you who's next go 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 <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like i think with the whole legal route um it can be it can be quite long, but I feel like there's there's beauty in it because obviously things like this we get to actually deal with day to day. So particularly with like mm-hmm. the solicitors route, um, in terms of like those who would want to get into that type of field, um, you have to first start off by doing you know getting like good GCSEs and stuff. <laughs> Let's go right down to the oh basics. Let's we're not go talk about a We're gonna like skip that, that one. Um, <laughs> skip it do, do as well as you can <laughs> um, and then um, yeah you obviously get to uni um, there's actually two ways that you can do this so first of all you can do like the you know classic LLB so that's like the law degree three years mm-hmm. undergrad um, yeah then you pass that or you can do like another um, another just general degree um, but if you chose like later down the line that you wanted to, you know, convert that into law, there's also a course that you can do. So in that in that um case, you would have to do something called a GDL, which is like mm-hmm. a conversion course um for like any other degree to convert it into a. And that's only a year, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Into like a. It's like a crash. Crash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> basically, LLB people learn in basically in a year. In a year. Yeah, if that's Right on this, right on bro. But um, yeah, if you done if you done like the, and it's not free, it's, it's not free. It's not free. free. <laughs> Let me put that out there. Disclaimer: You will pay. You will actually pay. Yeah, yeah. If your firm, if you've got uh, a TCN, they finance it fair. But like more time, people have to pay or get a scholarship to do mm-hmm. the GDL. Um. So yeah, if you go down the conventional LLB route, um, you would have to do the LPC. So the LPC is essentially the legal practice course. And it's like a prerequisite for um, anyone who wants to qualify as a solicitor in the UK. Um, mm. So also with the GDL people, once their degree has been converted into a LLB, should we say, they would also have to do that as the next step as well. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, like once you do that, which is a really ghetto course, by the way, you lot. You can about the LPC, but we're not going to go there today. Literally. We're not going to go there today. Literally. Um, yeah, you would have to do your training contract. But with that, yeah, there's obviously some people who, fortunately, are in the position whereby they get their training contracts before they do their LPC. I wasn't one of those lucky people. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so if you are in a fortunate position whereby you get your applications in quick, you know, one firm is like, yes, we want her or him. Um, they basically fund your LPC. But if you're not one of those people, open your pockets, OnlyFans accounts. Just joking, just joking, just joking. It's not even a joke, though. Yeah, I'm talking about OnlyFans for real, but like, it won't even suit me. I'll get zero likes, fam. <laughs> Imagine not making any money on OnlyFans. I'd actually post TikTok. You're just on the internet for no reason. Show your self-esteem. Deactivate. 
sorry. But that sorry, route is proper different time. to like uh, the barrister route. So yeah, so I the barrister, I thought it was quite similar. It's similar to the in um the LPC and um, sorry the solicitors route in terms of like the stages. I feel like it just has like yeah. mirroring um stages. So the difference between solicitors and barristers is barristers deal mainly like in court advocacy work, like they'll represent you actually in court. Whereas your solicitor is more of the one that does like the behind the scenes work, like you know more about the client, um they'll represent you at police stations, things of that sort. Mm-hmm. Um that's just in my field when it comes to crime. Um, but yeah, so to become a barrister, same as with the solicitor route, you have to do either an LLB at uni and then the GDL if you haven't done a law LLB, um, the conversion course. Um, and then you have to do the bar training course. So this is the name has changed a few times in the past couple of years. At first, it used to be called the BPTC, which is the bar professional training course. And um, now it's more commonly referred to as the BPC, which is the bar practice course. Um, so mm-hmm. you can either do that for a year full-time or two years part-time I know the part-time method works a lot better for those that are already in full-time work or even part-time work however only about 50% of people who actually undergo um, the bar course get a pupillage so the same way that um, Julie was yeah. saying that with a training contract it can fund your um, LPC that's kind of how it is mm. with pupillage however you don't get pupillage until you've completed your course but then some people have it in mind that okay like if I have pupillage not only will it cover the fees that I've spent on the um on the bar course but it will also give me like a little bit extra as well um but as I said it is just highly mm-hmm. highly highly competitive um there is a lady who I worked with and she was the model law student like she went to Cambridge like she (laughs) she literally has done all the types of volunteering you could ever do all the types of um legal experience you could have she had it and another thing with pupillage you have to get it within five years of completing the bar course it's not yeah really yeah it, but yeah, it basically, basically imagine. Oh my god! Bear in mind the bar course. They've changed it now, but as of last year or well, two years ago, when I was leaving uni, this is the main reason why I didn't do it. It was um close to twenty grand to do it. Now and bear in mind that twenty mm-hmm. grand. Like although if you do the master's options, you'll still have your master's. It can't no one take that from you. But in terms of being qualified to be a barrister, that will if you don't get it within five years, that's twenty grand down the drain just that down and yeah so if if after the five years would you basically have I, I believe to so again? yeah and, and some people you can so you can normal. actually write like to I don't know what they are but like write to them I don't know what the body would be but you can write and yeah I don't know what they are but explain to them why it's taken more than five years mm. for you to get it so that's a potential option, but I reckon it has to be Pop- something yeah. proper extenuating for them to not. Oh, mm. I, I can try it. Honestly, and literally, my colleague who I said was like the model um, legal professional. So she ended up getting pupillage on her last year. Uh, oh, yeah, no, I like she. Cause I, this happened just before I left the job. In it, she just about got that's it crazy. in that well year. This when she got engaged as well. She just about got it, but it was a thing where. Ah, honestly but it's a thing when it comes to this kind of thing because she spoke to me on a level and she literally said to me because this is when I was like oh do I got do the bar course do I not she literally spoke to me on a level and was like if you cannot pay for this out of pocket 
don't do it and I was just like wait huh like what do you mean like I can get a loan or I can get this or I can get that and she was just like but in her position Mm -hmm. there and then if she didn't get it on that last final um fifth year then it would have been like okay fair enough like I haven't got it like yeah I have wasted a bit of money but she said it doesn't make sense to put yourself in debt over something that Mm. isn't solidified you get what I mean and I feel like that just obviously when it comes to doing um extra training to become a barrister or solicitor there's loads of pros and cons that come into it and I feel like on an individual basis you just have to weigh up there's more to it than the money factor as we said like training contracts and pupillages are very hard to get but it's not impossible do you know what I mean like we all know we all know people that have it I think in my in my workplace, some of the girls um, actually they come on and they basically talk about how, like they basically come to the law firm and they uh, do a paralegal role with the hopes of going to yeah. basically get pupillage. Um, so during pupillage, like literally, they come into work exhausted because they've been up doing applications and it's like, is you you basically apply for pupillage within yeah, yeah, yeah. a time slot. It's not like there's, it's called so the gateway, pupillage gateway. Yeah, the gateway. Thank you. <laughs> Perfect. So the, <laughs> there's gateway and then there's out of gateway applications. But the main, what you call it, chambers that you would want to join yeah. are during gateway. And so imagine, yeah, you have a, let's say like a couple of weeks, yeah, to apply to all of these places and do oh, proper big boy applications. applications. Like, like your and life you know the thing about these applications, and then, like, because when I've like done it in the past. You would think, okay, they'll have mm-hmm. set standard questions that you're gonna like be answering for all of them, but each <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> switch it up. They switch it up. Switch it. So you're up. literally writing thirty, and they'll be telling you about mm-hmm. cases. They'll be like, so what was the most recent development in the law, and what cases could you say? And so you're now trying oh, to do like, <laughs> what's the everyone deep it for example if it was about let's say adoption was a topic yeah Michael stuff stuffer is like so everyone's right gonna be so imagine that. Like, yeah so you have to make your study. stand out so you're trying to think mm-hmm. outside the box yeah nah, it's, it's yeah. peak like that's one of the reasons why I said I'd rather go down the solicitor advocacy route because I personally didn't have the resilience but I think it's one of those things if you have resilience and you like don't let it knock you because my mate just got pupillage the one I work with and um I don't know about the other two but at the end of the day they're going to keep going because they know that their passion isn't to be yeah. a barrister their passion is to be a barrister yeah. and yet it comes with obviously the cost of debt but like same with a TC there's people that actually don't ice cream bandit that was who's ice cream bandit that's Matt that's not ice cream bandit no but yeah like same with a training contract there's still that that issue of if you're self-funding if you don't get a training contract like this is the end like what's what like what's where are you going like you have an lpc but yeah. what is it and are you committing to being paid the same level as a paralegal forever because I personally that's why um, a lot of people go into like compliance or like they just enter like a mm. financial sector that can generate more income than a paralegal but it's not what they wanted and so like for me like I know we'll discuss the pros and cons but one disclaimer that I always like to put out there is despite the pros and cons like if you know what you want yeah that's what's mm. got to drive you because 
if you give up on your dream and you know that that's your dream, the one thing that you want to do in life, like, I understand some people, they're like, I fancy though, but I don't fancy it anymore. Fine. People like you, okay. But those that have a dedication in your heart that you want to go and do it, like, always try and tap to that resilience, tap into that perseverance because you can actually end up being unhappy Mm. in another job. Exactly. And I feel like with this field, yeah, I feel like even when I started uni, like people used to be like, oh, you know, it's not just three years in uni. You have to do this, And I remember, was it with you guys that we were speaking to one cab driver, like in the beginning of the LPC, and he was like, yeah, well, my daughter, she applied. Oh, it was me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, and it's like people. Yeah, every corner. Mm-hmm. But like Danielle said, if you have that, that passion, mm-hmm. you just can't mm-hmm. let it phase you. You literally can't. Yeah. You have to be resilient. Otherwise, you're going to end up being... And you'll face you'll face that at every stage. Like you would even think sometimes when you get to mm-hmm. the LPC that everyone's here and they're on the same page and everyone wants to do this. But there was even people mm-hmm. in my class who were still like, oh yeah, I'm just doing this because my mum said, like, I don't actually want to do this and use this when I'm done. And it's like... It must be nice. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, you're well, paying 16K, but... Do you know what I mean? But you actually face opposition. Like, Those people probably come from homes that are very um, supportive. Oh, financially. My dad owns a law yeah. firm, Tad. Do you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> quite, <laughs> quite, quite supportive. Quite supportive. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like even with um, job searching as well, I found that when I was struggling to get a job, I was sort of looking at maybe I should just do some clients for now. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll just do this for now, mm-hmm. and I'll be applying. But my yeah. heart just wasn't in it. I just knew that I will not be happy. Like, and you will get a job. You will get a training contract. Everyone's journey is different. I feel like that's the beauty mm. of the don't league compare league yourself because it's not all exactly. It's not all okay. As soon as you leave uni, you get a contract. You do the LPC. Mm-hmm. There's so many different routes, and I feel like that encourages people who feel like. Not that it's not for them, but that they're never going to mm. end up being qualified. Yeah. There's not Ooh. one set route. Do you know what, yeah? Uh, I was in Bible studies and my brother said something, yeah, and I really like how he said it, and I'll try my hardest to repeat it, but he basically said, like, the, the topic was failure, and it was like, people are scared of failure because if they failed, for example, if you fell at an exam, you know what it feels like to fail, but you don't know what it feels like to pass, and so you're more inclined to be attached mm. to failure. You're more in- inclined exactly. to make a home for it because you don't know what it's like mm. to pass or to do well or to succeed. Mm. But you have to have the hope mm. that you're going to. Like some of these rich dad, poor <laughs> dad <laughs> people that will not get off my TL. <laughs> yeah. The passion that they have here, you as a, what do you call it? Someone who wants to enter the legal sector have to tap into that. I don't understand why people have a passion for lawyer, then they'll ditch it to have a passion for business. Like, it's the same passion. Like, they need to understand mm. that risk, yeah, I can say right now I'm going to invest 100k into a business. Is that not risk? Big risks. That's a risk. <laughs> but, but we'll rate it like, we'll rate it like, yeah, you followed your dreams to start your company and put the... But if I say I want to invest 16,000 into a law career and I'm going to hope that it comes to pass, people look at it like... No, but you know what it is? Mm, it's this whole... Fetis- there's so much... How do you say Fetishization. Fetishization. Of like, thank you. Well, that's why I like you. Literally, that fetishization of like entrepreneurship—it's a great thing. But don't Mm. knock people who are on their grind of a nine-to-five. Period. Yeah, I don't want to hear that. Yeah, I feel like they focus. They focus too much on the end goal. But sometimes you actually have to grind and juggle to get get where you want to be, and that's what it is. 
So if you're mm-hmm. if you're the type of person who's not ready to actually put up. in the work at every given stage, because even if you're in your training contract, you still need to put in that work. Every single day you need to be proving yourself to, just to maintain your position. Qualified as a solicitor, you need to mm-hmm. prove yourself every single day. How do you think people rank up to exactly. partner? Yeah. It's not just because they do mediocre mm. work. I heard there's people that will finish the bar, they'll get tenancy, but nobody wants to book them as counsel. <laughs> because you're lazy. Nobody wants to book... <laughs> nobody wants... You, when, when, you, when you book them as counsel, their attitude just annoys you. They could be the best barrister, but their attitude can annoy you. You say, oh, I don't really like working with that person. Like, I've learned that relations are so really? important. So when we're discussing, like, is it worth it? Like, you've got to think about your character you've got to think about the money you, you've got to think about everything on a big scale everything comes into mm-hmm. everything comes into everything. play and it's a daily work it's, a, it's like a daily thing that you have to work on it's not just that oh you wake up one day and yep my name's on on the sr rate mm-hmm. i've been admitted did you get me like here we are yeah it's a process very much so very much so mm. no nobody wants to give you a kiss you went to cambridge you went to oxford i don't care you know when people don't tell me a fair, fairy tale lifestyle and say that because mine doesn't look like that that i'm not mm. gonna get anywhere so look exactly. how i'm getting ar- angry i'm getting very irate <laughs> <laughs> no i hate that's one thing i hate so much because we don't discourage people that say oh i want to be an accountant but you know how many exams they have to sit it's hard, mm. but I think it's because people don't really put the emphasis on like what the end goal is. Like, I don't think people rate the end goal. Like Beaches was saying, like the end goal in business is like, oh, you're gonna be a millionaire. But like the end goal, especially in like a legal aid lawyer field, is you're not gonna be on that much peas in comparison to somebody that's. That's what a lot of people. That's what a lot of people say, especially with things like family law and and any Personal anything law, other than the generally law. immigration, like all of that. It a lot, like. They they basically even oh, criminal 100%. as well. Like they say that you're kind of capped. No, because criminal the crim- amount of money that you make. Do you know how they the keep cuts, reducing yeah. the rates mm-hmm. for legal aid? I've heard horror stories of criminal barristers having to work more than one job. How? Why? Why? So like I get it, but at the same time, why is it that one person's destiny must be everyone's destiny? Because I personally feel like. <laughs> I'm gonna be on period. I'm already on period. I've said it. Period. I'm already rich. That's what I always say. When I come up, don't (laughs) be shocked. You get it? Don't be shocked, you lot. Yeah, what did you say? And it's like, cool. Imagine. I said, I come to my eyes, Carla. Why is she making (laughs) And it's like, as well, yeah, like they say, like, cool, you're gonna be cats forever, but. If I have a passion for it, you are imprisoned in a job that you don't like, and you're talking about me. Money can't be your motivation. Like it just doesn't make sense. Like Mm -mm. we all want to have, we all want to live a rich and full life. But being rich doesn't necessarily just mean the amount of money you've got in your account. Do you know what I mean? There's other things that you want to be rich in. For me, because that's the thing. People are qualified to their their heads, like to the crown of their heads, but you don't know anyone. So if you don't have the social capital, then what are you doing with all of that yeah. qualification? Pack it and put it in your room. I like that. It's social true. capital. You don't actually know a damn Very person. Important. You're talking about, you, do you know what I mean? Like the, like the girl that you just said, I'm not like, what, five years she went to Cambridge? You wouldn't even think yeah. that that's a thing. Like, she had to... Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say, because that's... She, had, she, she ticked every box. Everything, yeah, everything that every they usually box. look for. But let but me just encourage you, lot. just long. because she went to Cambridge and it took her that long, that doesn't mean that somebody who went to another uni won't reach 
the place uh-huh. you could reach there in the yeah. second year, the first year maybe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because people who came, people who came on scholarships, yeah, probably got there faster yes, than she man. did with her Facts. Cambridge. So life is actually just messy. Not about what you know. you know, it's about who you know. That's what the LPC taught me. It's about who you know. Who and and, and I think know. you, your character, how hard you work. Like, uh, some people, mm. they get jobs because of their persona, like, just their kind-heartedness. There's something about the person that when they leave a the room, like, you can't but shake them. a couple times still after an interview, you know? <laughs> Uh, I mean, like, yeah. can, this, this is my thing. I think they, you know, um, they last. Not in my case. That, that's, no, no, no. Just, no, I feel like I've heard the same thing too many times. I've never had in my life. So had, yeah. You literally said your answers were text, but that's why I always yeah. used to wish because you know sometimes, <laughs> yeah, we're like, especially on LPC when you're applying for jobs, you're applying for jobs. I just like let me get to the interview. I will show you will love me. Yes, like, but you lot judge me on my mm. on my paper. Like, I, one little statement about why I want to work here yeah. is why you're telling me that I can't have the job. Come on, man. I feel like that's why that's why it's hard, but then you have that opportunity when you do your uh, cover it's letter. It's still a piece of paper. Yeah. Like, I'm like, you can't get There's only so much you can say. And I feel like as black students as well, a lot of girls can go into your CV and your cover 100%. letter. I know cover letters are annoying, like, I can't lie. Like, like, sometimes you know that, it's like X. <laughs> did you see, did you see um, a few, I think it was like two mm. years ago on BBC, um, a white girl, she emailed um, her job application what? and she was using Slack. Oh, I did like, see that. Uh, um, yeah, she was like, work one, this and It comes on the TL oh, every so often. And that's why she got the job. But a black person saying, "Wow, well, well, I want to apply for this job because and you're adding blood, fam, all of this." That, that's actually that's, that's <laughs> even annoying me because I'm, I'm written off because of my surname. <laughs> I'm sorry, but, do you know what I mean? I don't even get the chance to be funny. I'm oh. written off because of my surname with proper English. Can you imagine? <laughs> your boy. We have to save all uh, our things for the interview if we get it. Not <laughs> <laughs> <Lord>, so funny. <laughs> Doing the most in all your interviews. Oh, you like golf? <laughs> yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. I went top golf last week. <laughs> <laughs> Hit it right out the park. <laughs> no, stop, please. <laughs> yeah. Can you stop what you're doing? Hire me, hire me. <laughs> so, what are we saying? What are we saying? Is it worth it all? Is it worth the money? Is it worth the investment? Is it worth doing? six to seven years 100% it is I feel like when you get to a place where you're doing what you feel like you are supposed to be doing mm-hmm. nothing can take away from that feeling and you know that you've put in the hard work year after year after year to get where you are like I feel like that's very rewarding and it's testament mm-hmm. to your like character because you're very determined mm. like seven years in education ain't an easy thing especially mm. when we've been studying since we were like what like four or five mm. literally so like <laughs> Mm-hmm. Two, yeah. two, two, even one day with so many agencies that was studying. It's actually testament to your character and your determination. And I feel like even if you if you have the outlook that you can do it, you will celebrate the milestones at every given moment. So at one point, I never thought that I would ever be mm. able to do this LPC. When I started it, Beatrice, was it not the first week that I was climbing the corridor? I said, I can't do this. I'm going home. <laughs> I'm going childish, home. I can't do this. The, the, the teacher left me in the classroom. He said, finish this question. You will learn how to do inheritance tax. I said, I don't like maths. He said, I can't leave. I cried after that lecture, but 
here we are. Do you know what I mean? The LPC is done now. Glory to God. So it's like, if you have that mindset that you can do it, every milestone that comes, you will literally just keep on pushing. It will be leveraged to the next stage until you get to where you want to be. So pay that 16K. I've got, I've got to ask. I've got to ask. Mm-hmm. I know. The bar. Do you know what? Yeah, like, I'm so... I feel like, okay, so when I left uni, I feel like if I had done it straight after undergrad, then... Do you know what I mean? Like, it would have just got done and dusted. However, now, I'm just like, eh. Like, you know, as you were saying, how if you really want to do something, you need to just go and do it, follow your passion, and you'll be where you want to go. I feel like mm-hmm. a big thing that everyone seems to kind of forget is not everyone's 100% on, yeah, this is 100% what I want to do, or this is 100% mm-hmm. what I want to be. So, so I feel like yeah. being on the fence. And then, as I said before, how the um, bar course changed. So last year when I was looking in because I got into do it and everything and then literally like a week before I was just like actually <laughs> nah <laughs> and I feel like it's because um, <laughs> uni, I started working and working full-time is very different to the part-time jobs that I've been doing all my life so when you start getting money it's like Sucks. okay like am I gonna put this on pause to go and do like to go and study again and at this time I hadn't really explored my options in terms of like the part-time things um because as I said a lot of people I work with do it part-time which Mm -hmm. I feel like if I am gonna do it that's the route I would go um but yeah as I said when I got into Mm. do it last year it was the price was 19 grand 18 grand something like that Mm -hmm. to do the bar course this year (laughs) it's now been dropped to 13 grand oh not too bad last year when I was supposed to do it and then do you get what I mean? You so would have been now they've dropped it to make it more you would have been um, affordable yeah. and accessible to people, which I, I really I hear it. And even the part time, usually they um only did during the week, like after work, but now they've done like um they've introduced weekend courses and um online stuff. So I feel like the fact that it's become a lot more accessible and a lot more affordable. I'm I'm feeling it, but my passion just isn't at that 100% spot where I feel like mm. this is 100% what I want to mm. do, 100% what I want to do, so do it kind of thing. I'm still like a bit yeah. on the fence. So, Do you feel like it's, it's put a lot of pressure on you to go um, and make a decision? I feel like, that's how I that. felt initially. Like when I, because obviously I took a year out, um, when I graduated, I took a year out just working before I actually applied to do it. So at that time, I felt a lot of pressure, like, okay, everyone always says like if you don't do it straight after uni um you're gonna lose interest you won't do it at all so I was like okay no I I need to do it so I applied felt all that pressure and then after a while I was just like you know what like if I'm gonna go into it and I need to be more than not you don't necessarily have to be 100% sure because you know what I mean I don't think we're all 100% sure on anything Mm. we do but I do feel like it's important (laughs) to have that drive and where the because it's not yeah, an easy facts. thing, do you know what I mean? It's not like you're just going into it and you're just doing one two essay. Like it's hard, especially from what you lot have told me about the LPC as well, and like people that I see doing the bar course. Mm-hmm. I know it's hard, and I feel like mentally, like I'm not there yet. I could be, but it's a to yeah. be continued type story. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think I think what you said is so important because obviously we're talking about how like everything that we said is very much if you've got a passion for it don't be discouraged at all but for people that are unsure or not that they don't have a passion because you clearly have a passion but just unsure as to whether you want to make that step I think it is important to have that mental you know readiness to enter into it because 
you don't want to go and then me crying in the corridor <laughs> yeah like how you gotta have some skin a little bit like honestly because like we we can talk about our LPC breakdowns in a number, oh, number what do you episode. call it? Pod, but <laughs> I don't yes, think I'm really still you. It's, it's, still, it's still sore. It's still sore. But what I would say then, um, as like advice as to how to know whether it's worth it, I think the number one thing is because I think we've all alluded to it is tap into what makes what drives you, what what makes you passionate about it, and I think mm-hmm. ways to do that is. Sometimes when we're scared and we're trying to make a decision, rather than immerse ourselves in the legal world, we mm. sort of run away from it. Like, read on different topics that you're interested on. Like, there's Do so many that. different areas of law that mm, people yeah, just haven't explored. So, like, mm-hmm. people didn't even know there was something like child abduction until, like, they got to a certain place. Like, oh, what? You can have specifically be mm-hmm. a child abduction. Do you know what I mean? So, like, there's so Did many about what? About areas. About space law? Space oh, law. What, what the hell is out there? Yeah. Oh. I know when they um sent the the first newsletter for the yeah. LPC, they said that's like one of the oh. most yeah. like, laws at the moment. There's actually law for everything. I didn't even know, know that. Animal law, music yeah. law, everything. So really, no, truly, literally. Like I said in my personal statement, when I applied to uni, <laughs> multifaceted, <laughs> you know, yeah. So there's actually something out there for everyone. All, and there's all. no restriction either albeit some of the things are there's niche no i can't lie and it, and it can be difficult to tap into but that doesn't mean it's impossible 100 percent. literally you can start in one practice area end up doing about four different mm-hmm. five, like you're not restricted to just one which yeah. i think is, is the beauty of law as well yeah so invest in those books watch those videos um, listen to people discussing or two as you're listening like you might be realizing that oh wow like some of the fears I had are not as deep as I thought they would be or some questions that I had actually have answers to it there's not every question that may have an answer to it sometimes but once you tap into your passion once you tap into your why mm-hmm. the reason why you want to do it it makes it easier mm-hmm. to take that step so don't run away just spend time meditating on why it is you want to be a lawyer. You understand? You will. We'll see you there at the top. <laughs>